Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm I'm so curious with all of these like social media fame, whether it's Instagram mm. or YouTube, like what's going to happen when we all become geriatrics? Like I know. when, you know, there are, are there going to be retiree YouTubers or yeah, exactly the YouTuber home, do you know what I mean? Like that. Tyler Oakley just going to YouTube till his hair goes actually silver. I think so. He just celebrated his 10th anniversary. Oh man. It was an emotional video. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I love it. He listens, you know. He, I'm, I'm, hi, Tyler. Um, I think your sped up witches rap video uh, was where you peaked. I think that might have been in year two or three. Um, one of my favorites. My, I think my favorite was a really early one as well, and it was. Um, him talking about a one night stand and it's not on YouTube anymore because of, you know, branding and stuff. <laughs> He's it's really, really gone down downhill with his wholesome, you know, retail. I know. And like, ah, the I ba- those were the days. Gay one night stand. That's what I want. We had to walk uphill both ways to get our YouTubes. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with tonic and tableau. Ooh. That is the, that is the AUX form. That is the plural. Um, it's hard, <laughs> is, to, hard to tell. Is the AUX is the plural? Is multiple tab, tabli, tableau? Are they both tableau. pronounced the same? What's the, yeah. is the singular is also tableau, but without the X? It's, it's just without the X, yep. Think How? of gato or mm. um, chateau. Okay. Chateau X. Multiple, if yeah. you have multiple chateaus. Chat talks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so tableau. Chat talks so, is my favorite drag queen. Um, chat talks. <laughs> he could be good. Um, tableau is probably one of the first uh, drama terms I ever learned, yeah. and I did not know what it meant. It's a good one. That's very. It's that would be in my nonverbals unit if I was still teaching acting, which is like mm-hmm. unit one or two. Mm-hmm. Stage. Well, I thought I thought it meant because um, we did it. The first time we did a tableau, we kind of did it in like a carousel form. So like there were a number of tableau Uh and we went round them. Like, and I thought that's what it always had to be. Ah, So if anyone ever said tableau, I expected there to be like, you know, five other people in a circle around me. Do you know what I mean? Like a really specific contrived (laughs) picture device. (laughs) But you know, 
you learn. Yep. Um, so, hey, hear that? I do. What are you drinking? <laughs> it didn't sound uh. like water. <laughs> Wait, is that water you're drinking? Are you going to turn it into wine? Oh, my gosh. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> Watch. Are you ready? I'm ready. This this visual trick is great for our audio pod. Wow, that's amazing. It's wine how night. Did you, how did you do that? I can't give away my secrets. Me, I'm drinking... Mm. Uh, like one fish, but it's actually like five thousand. Oh, you know, okay. nice. like you drink a fish. <laughs> you could, you could drink a fish if it was like you know, like blended up. Mm. Gross! I'm getting sick. Are there just any? Thinking about wait, it. are there any like fish milkshakes or like fish, like like fish drinks? This is disgusting. I feel like that's a thing. That this surely has to be a thing. Absolutely disgusting. You you drink the juice from a like a, a prawn or a what do you call them? Uh, prawn we would call yeah, but I don't think that's a thing we do in America. You do you do it in New Orleans? You like drink out the juice? The no, we don't. Juice. We don't have fish. There are no oceans here. There are no oceans in New York. <laughs> oh, I did a really successful pub quiz. Yeah. Uh, the day, and I used a couple of questions from the podcast. So just goes to show how many people who were attending it listened to the podcast. That's awesome. I know. Um, Speaking of. Yeah. I have a quiz question. <laughs> hey, that wasn't the segue I was going for, but yeah, okay. <laughs> you ready? Surprise segue. I'm so ready. Some people argue that this musical we're talking about today features the music of Felix Mendelssohn and his violin concerto in E minor. Mendelssohn remains uncredited to this day. What show? What show are we talking about, Jimmy? I don't know what it could be. <laughs> am I singing Mendelssohn or am I saying Andrew Lloyd Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar? My mind is clearer now. At last, all too well, I can see where we are. joke um <laughs> also i've been watching community a lot yeah well i say a lot i've binge watched all six seasons in about a week um so i'm now constantly acting like dean pelton so that's, i do apologize that's a good a good choice i think i think that's thank a you very much choice and you should lean into it i should dean into it get Jeffrey. out of here done <laughs> um <laughs> hanging up on the skype call <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do that though? Do you ever like watch and then like start like I don't know like visual empathy or something? <laughs> Where you start imitating a fictional basically, yeah, from, a, from yeah. the thing you're watching. I get made fun of. Um, my boyfriend makes fun of me every time. Every once in a while, I turn into Rob Lowe from uh, Community. No, Parks and Rec. Uh-huh. Um, 
Literally, you, it is sometimes a little overwhelming how often I fall into this trap. Um, you really do. By the way, I'm sure your boyfriend is very happy if you turn into Rob Lowe every once in a while. Hey, you know, it's... If you know what I mean. It's Uh, unexpected, though, sometimes, and it's just a little scary, because he's like, who's this stranger in our house? And I go, oh, sorry, I'm Rob Lowe, temporarily. Rob Lowe can walk into my house any day. (laughs) Anyway, this is weird. Um, So, yes, we're talking about Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) Hooray! Um, With, of course, the music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and the lyrics by Mr. Tim Rice. Tim Rice again, Tommy. Why are we doing this? Um, <laughs> why Why must you put me through this? We have done... Uh, all right, we'll get into it. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ Superstar opened up Broadway in 1971, starring Ben Vereen. But it didn't it have a um, concept album before that that made yeah, it popular? Yeah, so it just it originally... Um, was a, just a concept album um, mm-hmm. with Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. Um, and yeah, that was how it was just kind of originally to to be. And then it got stuck on the stage um, and kind of existed from there. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the concept album, it was really successful. It was super successful. Um, it yeah, like I, Billboard it, Top 100, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, yeah. It's the, I mean, uh, Lloyd Webber talks about it being one of the reasons why the show was able to get produced. Um, mm-hmm. Because it felt kind of daring and dangerous, um, and the popularity of the album made it more comfortable to actually put it in a theater. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as well, like at this stage, this is early ALW, so no. I think he was only 21 when he composed it. Mm-hmm. Um and it only really done Joseph before, which was you know a show for school. So yeah. it, it wasn't like, oh, you're a Broadway vet. Yeah, off off you pop. So it was you know they they took a risk, mm-hmm. um, well, and it eventually paid off. Maybe question mark. Maybe. Um, and then it came over here very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, opened at the Palace in 1972, um, and it's had like a couple of revivals along the way across yeah. the pond here. Um, and it's cur- well, it's currently revived uh, in our old favourite Regent's Park mm-hmm. Open Air Theatre, yeah. um, where you can go see it right now, I think. I don't know if it's still open. Um, yeah. And I think there's a there's a film from the 70s, um, which is very 70s, and then there's like a made-for-TV-ish film. Kind of like, yeah, like a PBS special, that kind yeah. of thing, um, is- of the 2000s production that yeah. toured i don't think it was ever on the west end but it did tour yeah and so it's it feels it feels very backstreet boys in early 2000s mm. which you know we may look back on in another 40 years and feel like how i feel about the 70s yeah yeah that's fair um but it does have tony vincent in it this is true and he has frosted tips and i am all about that. I think he's incredible. Um, okay, okay. So, what what is Jesus Christ Superstar? Or should I be asking you? Or should I feel this one because you just like vomit or something? Jesus Christ Superstar is a musical retelling of the Passion of the Christ. It is. It is. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm going to ignore it and it will go away. Um, it is, and it's uh, very much uh, taking into account sort of Jesus uh, as a human. Um, and uh, how Judas plays into the story. So it's less um, from a biblical perspective yeah, and more of a kind of allegorical human perspective. Yeah, definitely a deep dive into the character of Judas, more so than I think a lot of adaptations that go this route. 
Um, oh yeah. And oh yeah. There's uh, yeah. more so than anything. And it's a say. it's a it's a rock concert. It's it's a it's a rock you know concept album. And there is this play on Jesus being a superstar and mm-hmm. how you know the the like um metaphor of him being a rock star and how that plays into maybe his fame is working against his mission yeah. of spreading peace and love um yeah kind of it's, it's definitely about kind of the fame monster and how that eats away at you yeah um which is very topical for for the 70s you know what I mean? yeah. so we're really starting getting into rock stars oh yeah becoming a thing yeah and there, um, there's a was, huge juxtaposition of that kind of rock star persona onto this very traditional biblical story, which I think mm. that's one of the big struggles be- it, between all productions of this is which way do you lean more yep. in the biblical sense or more in the rock star sense? And yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Oh, we will, we will. Um, shall we dive right on in? Let's go, Chris Splash. I think let's get it right out of the way at the start. Get all your moaning, uh, get all your bitching about okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. Let's sweep under not, the carpet. It's not my least favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I know, shocking. Um, I find it's Jesus Christ Superstar. I listened to very early on. Like the, I remember taking this out of my local library when I was like, musicals are a thing. I'm going to take mm. out 20 CDs right now. Um, and it just, it kind of existed in that, you know, blob of musical theater for me for a while and never really stuck out. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and, you know, my biases are showing, but mm-hmm. I think Jesus stories are lazy. I think Jesus adaptations are lazy. I think this story shows Andrew Lloyd Webber's laziness, especially early on, especially coming right after another biblical story, Joseph. Um mm-hmm. You're taking a story. You're not. You're not spending time on the story because it already exists. And you're. N- what I was going to say is you're not putting your own personal spin on it. I think Jesus Christ Superstar does a better job of putting your own personal spin on it than something like Joseph does, which is Joseph is pretty much a straight retelling um, mm-hmm. with just contemporary musical theater songs, contemporary for the time. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Jesus Christ Superstar has, you know. It was controversial enough to make people want to protest it, which means it's doing something against the normal story. But I also think people just like to protest things. Um, but I think 
especially Jesus passion stories are kind of lazy and it's always it's bugged me since catholic school how um non-climactic the passion story is not that there's not like a you know peak to the story but it's not a to b to c to d to e when you follow it like all parables are like all biblical stories are like it's like Mm -hmm. and and then he you know went into the temple square and overturned a bunch of tables and then they went and ate dinner and like there's not you know more contemporary stories have more purpose and Mm -hmm. the I think one of the key questions with any piece of theater, with any story, is like, why this story? Why now? Why tell it? What's the point? And with Jesus stories, the reason you tell it is because it's a Jesus story, which is, you know, circular logic and bugs me and bothers me. And then Mm -hmm. attach Andrew Lloyd Webber to it. And not my favorite. Okay. Cool, thanks for that, Tori. Um, so this is where I disagree with everything you just say. The classic, the classic Andrew format. Um, well, what I would first of all say um, is, I think he was actually asked to do it um, on the back of Joseph. Okay. Um, it wasn't like, you know, his, pardon the pardon, passion project mm-hmm. um, that he wanted to do. But yeah, it was um, someone, I think from the church, uh, thought it would be a really, really good idea to do a musical theatre retelling of The Passion, um, specifically The Passion, because obviously we have had Godspell, um, right. which is very much just a kind of play-by-play of The Passion. Do you know what I mean in terms of its second act? Yes, um, in terms of its second act. I mean, this yeah. is more of a play-by-play than Godspell is. Um, um, well, see, this is where I would disagree with you, because okay. what where you're saying about... Um, the passion story being the thing that everyone talks about. And I, I would actually agree with that. I think you, you see it everywhere because it's it's such a... It's one of those epigenetic stories that yeah. we all know about. Um, but what I would say is no one's actually ever told the story from a human perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. is what Android Weber does and uh, I think does it extremely well. Um, and no one really looks at it from... Judas's perspective mm-hmm. um, and, you know, makes Judas a really, really sympathetic character. Yes. Um, that is a risky thing to do. Yes. Um, especially in the 70s, kind of, because what we were getting there um, with the kind of rise of the hippie generation mm-hmm. and the counterculture starting to really creep in, um, people were starting to question things a lot more. So this was very much on the on the fringe. Yeah. Um and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he does it really, really well. And I don't think this is a story that's been told before and a story that has been told since necessarily. Like, there's a play I've, I know that's really, really good called The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is kind of the 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 passion or yeah. the, you know, the end of Judas from Judas's perspective is Judas in purgatory yeah. and kind of working through, he's on trial. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, certainly in musical theatre, um, anyone's ever told this story. So I do disagree that it's lazy because I feel like what he's done is, okay, I've got the passion. Well, how can I how can I tell this story mm-hmm. and make it relevant, make it different? Yeah. Um, so I think of all the Jesus adaptations, this is probably one of the least lazy. Yeah. I Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, 
which is weird because you disagree with me. So, you know, uh-huh. how does that work? <laughs> um, I think the most riveting part of the story is the Judas story. I think what bothers me is this is not, it's not Judas the musical. Um, there mm-hmm. are other part, we spend time on the other parts of the story without Judas present, mm-hmm. which I think works counter to the intended, if the intended purpose is tell the story of Judas Iscariot. Um you know, which it it starts with him. Like, he's the narrator. Mm-hmm. We could have a discussion about who's the protagonist in the show, but I think mm-hmm. there's justification that Judas could be it, um, yeah. even though he, the last quarter, well, he does come back from the dead. Um, so he's in it a lot, um, but we don't, the whole show is not about how, like, th- I, if I were writing Judas Iscariot, the musical, a la Jesus Christ Superstar. There are parts mm-hmm. of this musical I would omit. There are parts that I would skip over, like in Into the Woods when you skip over Jack seeing the giant in the sky. We know. Mm-hmm. We understand he gets 40 lashes. Yes, it can happen off stage for 30 seconds. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time with, like, whether it's King Herod's song, which I love and would be ashamed to cut, but, like, is not... You know, this I think is why I agree with you and still don't like this show because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel the other parts of this show strongly and it seems scattershot and not as riveting and concise as the Judas Iscariot through line, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, bothers me is too strong of a word, but it, it, it yeah. makes it feel messy. Right. Okay. That's Because again, I, I would say I think that what Judas and Jesus are um, mm-hmm. is their fantastic kind of poles mm-hmm. um, because I would say you could easily argue that they're both protagonists in the story That's um, true. because they have their own fixed viewpoint and are going with it yeah. um, and both are flawed uh, and both have their own conclusion. Um, yeah. So kind of what they do is they just run run alongside. Obviously their stories intertwine, yeah. but they are actually kind of telling their own their own tale. Um, with Judas, obviously, it's much more he's looking at it from um, an almost political perspective that Judas was in the Bible. Right. Um, and with Jesus, it's him kind of trying to find the balance between having this popularity yeah. um, and dealing with uh, the obligations that come with it, basically, and, and trying to, to keep a balance. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of fight, you know, along along the way. Um, yeah, I, I wish Jesus was more active in that fight. I wish Jesus matched Judas's activity in the musical. I think this is a trope a lot of Jesus adaptations fall, Jesus adaptations fall into, um, mm-hmm. is like, Jesus becomes this mildly passive, all-knowing, like, all will, you know, how dare you judge, lest you be judged, you know, I will Confucius say this Mm. proverb sort of thing. I, and I think this comes to interpretation and maybe is more based on the adaptations I've watched, but I would love to see the same struggle that Judas feels in Jesus. And the, the problem is, for Jesus, this is all set in stone. For mm-hmm. the biblical character of Jesus, this must happen. 
Mm-hmm. I must die for your sins from the moment this show begins, you know, he is established in that. And we do see some, like, why must I die, like, some some exploration of that, but it's not like a, you know, he's not contemplating making a run for it. Um, you know what well, I mean? I think, I think he, he kind of is and he isn't, because if you think about the plagues after the temple, obviously goes into the temple, goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, not the plague, sorry, the the, um, the lepers. The lepers, yeah. Um, it, you know, his line at the end of there's too many of you, there's too little of me, yeah. heal yourselves. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a fall from grace yeah, yeah. for Jesus Christ, who is this kind of ethereal, you know, perfect man. So that's the first kind of tearing away of him. Yeah. Um, and then you see the rest of his faults kind of reflected in someone like Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. where, you know, she's like, I, I don't, I don't know how to love it. I don't know how to, um, mm-hmm. to take him. I'm just quoting the song. Well done, Tim Rice. <laughs> Very good. Clearly. Um, but yeah, and she is able to provide another kind of look in to his life. Yeah. Um, in the same way, I would say that the Pharisees are able to give you another look into Judas's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's expertly constructed. Yeah. I think, I wonder if I just haven't seen the adaptation that gets me yet. I, mm-hmm. I think that might be a little bit of it. Because I feel like you can't, you can't listen to Gethsemane and not think, wow, he's really going through it. Like yeah. it's been written, it's been written as this huge rock ballad because it's this pure, it's just five million question marks pouring out at once and there's nothing else you can do but really just kind of scream in frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's an incredible song uh, yeah. for that reason. No, I, think, um, I think that's true. I think you're, sir, you're convincing me. Um, which I, don't I really do. love, I really love this show. Which I like, don't enjoy. I really, really love it. Yeah. Um, and I think I think a lot of it comes from your thing against Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think it's a, for sure. I think it's I think it's a it's an unfortunate combo platter. It's my yeah. thing against Andrew Lloyd Webber and my being a gay kid in a Catholic school. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that um, immediately colors my viewing of yeah. any kind of biblical adaptation. Right. Okay. Because no, I I just think it is really really strong, and I think there's lots in it to to really look at and, and question, especially nowadays, I think it's yeah. more relevant than ever. Um, and I think anything that can stand that test of time, where something like Godspell almost almost doesn't as well, I would yeah. say. I think there's lo- it's maybe just a bit too ambiguous yeah. um, and a bit too set in hippie culture I would for agree it with that. To, um, to stand the test of time. Whereas... You know the Jesus produ- uh, JC productions that are on at the moment. Yeah, you're just like, well, yeah, yeah. I, I fully get this. No, it, it um, definitely for, for lots of reasons hit on something about you know whether it's the fame monster or mm-hmm. the I think the whole superstar trope that makes it dis- decisively m- more timeless than something mm-hmm. like um, Godspell or something like Hair, um, yeah, which is exactly. very rooted in the hippie counterculture movement mm. generation yeah um so there we go that's i'm just gonna take that as a win and we'll move on really really quickly <laughs> um but no and that's, andrew that's, lloyd webber plagiarizes songs and it pisses me off he does he does but he was young bless so what um, <laughs> everyone does it tommy no they everyone don't. does it Maybe Stephen not sondheim does him. not he only plagiarizes off of himself and that's fine that's fine but Stephen sondheim's the best one yeah 
Um, no, we know. Anyway, that's not what we're arguing about. Today. We're discussing Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, but you almost made a good segue. I think you ruined it because uh, we're talking about seventies Burnett. The seventies. Let's talk about the seventies. around us, and all because of you. But that is cut of all. Someone has to turn you in. A common criminal, like a wounded animal. A jaded Mandarin, a jaded Mandarin. Like a jaded, a faded, faded, jaded, jaded Mandarin. Get out! They're waiting! Get out! They're waiting! So you kind of hit on it earlier about the movie. Um, <laughs> I think that's really... <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I think, first of all, listeners, watch the... Well, watch the movie if you want. Watch, like, clip, watch clips yeah, of the watch movie. Yeah, watch some clips. Do not subject yourself to the entire 70s movie. Jimmy, I made my boyfriend watch this one again. The last musical uh-huh. movie he watched with me was Hair um, and Godspell. He's done all of them now. He's literally... He's ticked all those boxes. We finished him. it and he was like... I think I just don't like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it funny that I'm the complete opposite? Because, like, I think I love it because it's so ridiculous and so strange. Oh, it's so... Do you know so, what I mean? It's, it's so, so oddball. It's so weird. Um, but there's, I think, of all of the... For the three of them, let's call them the, the triumvirate, the 70s triumvirate. The 70s, yeah. Um, I would say Jesus Christ Superstar is probably my least favourite of the movies. Yeah. Um, just because... I don't think it should be set in a desert. No, I think it... Do you know it, what I mean? I think it that's downplays... Odd. I think Jesus Christ Superstar, of those three, works the least best as a movie. Because yeah. it is about this fame and performance and concert, and, like, you can't... A layer's removed when you make it a movie. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it's also the closest to being a regular book musical. Yeah. Um, is is there any of the... You know, is any of the others. Um, so... I would say in that respect, you kind of, your instinct, your directorial instinct would be, oh, well then it's, if it's a book, then it has to have a narrative. So therefore we're kind of, well, we'll set it in the time. And like, Um, and Jesus should look like Jesus and we should be in the desert. And exactly. And sure you can kind of flash forward with, um, you know, the song superstar and Mm -hmm. you're like, Hey, it's contemporary again, but there's, I don't know that it's just, there's, it was a weird, a weird blend, a yeah. weird blend. I yeah, would it say. does. It does feel before. I do think Jesus Christ Superstar feels before its time. I think it, it's grown into like, it's certainly. I don't think Jesus Christ Superstar could have happened outside of the seventies. I think there's mm. something very attached to this revolution of thought that we're feeling in the seventies yeah. that made it exist. Yeah. But I think the things it taps on are something that audiences in the 80s or absolutely the MTV generation of the 90s and the 2000s can attach themselves a little more to than the free love and peace of the 70s. Yeah, I would would, would agree. It'd be strange. Yeah, I can't actually imagine what it would look like. And I think it's one of those things, like, 
it needed to kind of be at the the birth of rock because right it, it has a very pure you know that pure rock sound i feel like if it was made nowadays it would just be kind of flattened out a lot more yeah maybe and you do um you do see this even in like the 2000 movie there is something that kind of gets a, a little more into the like the traditional musical theater land which i think yeah. makes it more accessible to contemporary audiences but works mm. against the core of it of somehow. what it is yeah i would agree i would agree um so yeah i think if you're watching it watch if you want a really good dose of like 70s yeah. um watch simon the zealot yeah his song because that is crazy <laughs> and and then and then watch king herod's song and then watch king herod yes exactly for a bit it's contextual like my my boyfriend's jaw dropped and was like what ha- are we is this the same movie nobody knows <laughs> it's like out of nowhere that whole song is out of nowhere knows. anyway but mm-hmm. <laughs> then in that movie and oh we will talk about man that. yeah um yeah it's it's funny but um what it does feature is some very talented actors yes um specifically carl anderson and um uh ted neely who plays um jesus mm-hmm. uh, and i think like in terms of portrayals yeah uh, probably the the best i would say yeah um <laughs> how many jesus portrayals have you seen a lot i really really like this show oh, oh in this show okay I thought you were saying one of the best portrayals of Jesus. Oh, just Jesus Christ! And no, he does the best Jesus I have ever seen. It's just so believable. Honestly, I felt he was in the room with me. Um, No, and and Jesus Christ superstar is one of the best Jesuses. Okay, Um, yes, yeah. Because no, I have seen a lot. Like we've got um, uh, like Glenn Carter Mm -hmm. who was in the 2000 tv version mm-hmm. um is fine but yeah. he's a bit i don't know i find him odd um and then ben forster who did the recent arena tour mm-hmm. i really don't didn't take to actually really we'll talk about that later okay. yeah i really, really didn't take to him um but i think just be- I, again i think it comes from the 70s it's it, they know exactly what they're doing because yeah. it's, it's there it's ha- it's why i love the original hair more yeah. so than anything else that's ever come later because it's it's real, it's authentic, and there is yeah. just something that you can't capture nowadays yeah. that they had back then. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, even the 70s movie, for how ridiculous and strange it is to our contemporary eye, and I think even, I read somewhere that Andrew Lloyd Webber did not like it. Um, no, he that, didn't. He didn't like the original production, didn't like the film. Yeah, but there is, I mean... You know, it feels like Burning Man. You send a bunch of hippies out into the desert to, like, do their thing. It's There's something very visceral about that. Yeah. And, like, where contemporary Burning Man is already kind of commercialized. Um, yeah. But in the 70s, you know, it, you're watching this movie and you kind of know that even these actors who, to an extent, are pretending to be actors because, uh, yeah. like, got in a bus and drove into the desert to do this Jesus thing. Yeah. And, you know, the the realness of that is something that I, I don't think we would be able to capture in 2017, even if we tried really hard. 
Mm. Yeah, I would agree. It would just need to be a different thing, which which they have done, and there are definitely yeah. really good productions that exist nowadays. But you couldn't do that authentic, yeah. dusty seventies kind of thing. Um, <sighs> they all look like homeless do, people. They do. I just I love though that they just abandoned that whole we are actors thing. It's so it's a like, weird. Let's it's, get dressed up, right. and then we'll do the show, and then we'll go again. And yeah. it's just like. What, why why like why do, why did we <laughs> be, was it because you wanted to feature the overture and needed something to do while the overture happened right exactly just, why can't we just do like desert shots or like uh-huh. i don't know or Jesus just i don't know do more of that weird dancing and just yeah extend or extend that for a little bit longer how about this cut the overture um no oh my god i love no, this true. overture the is pretty good oh it's so that that guitar riff it just, pain it pains me. It pains me to say how good it is, Jimmy. It's so... Just see when you hear it, you're just like, yeah! Well, and you're it's, right in there. It's it's bizarre. Because they don't, they don't call it an overture, don't they call it an opening, too? Um, yeah, potentially. Or something like that, but like, pre-heaven on their minds. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not a, a little bite-sized candy tray of all the songs you're going to hear featured throughout the musical that an overture would have been in yeah. the 50s and 60s um it's bizarre and strange and atonal it and rock it's ve- and- yeah exactly and it, it, again it really it, it sets you up for a strange evening yeah yeah which i feel doesn't really get that strange until well maybe till right at the end but do you know i, I feel like the 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 overture you make you think this is gonna be frenetic this is gonna be crazy and then it kind of just goes normal for yeah a long, it's, long time. it's a pretty it's a linear story there are human being characters who say yeah. human being things you know and the music is rocky but it's not yeah it's not i mean weird. the the only times we kind of like push the supernatural really is like judas coming back to life because we don't like jesus dies and that's it we don't even yeah. do easter um yeah so yeah, it is as for as bizarre as the overture is, it you know, the musical is not. <laughs> no, um, I do just before we move away from the seventies, I do just want to talk about Ben Vereen because I've never mm-hmm. had an opportunity to talk about Ben Vereen. He's a magical um, human being. Yeah, my like tagline on stuff is when I grow up, I want to be Ben Vereen, <laughs> and that's still true. Yeah, that's still true. I am. I, um, I, an I tweeted him. Uh huh. Yeah. I tweeted him a picture um, of him. Uh, I think he was doing this, which is, you can see that pose, right? <laughs> yes, but I'll you put should the, describe it to our thing. audio listeners. Um, like, <laughs> ben, I bet classic Ben Vereen, imagine Ben Vereen in a pose. Is that, um, I'll put it on the, the show notes. But he had claws coming out. Uh-huh. Um, and it was uh, Ben Vereen, like Wolverine kind of thing. And I tweeted him it, and I think he liked it. So uh, that was my life made. <laughs> That's absolutely made on that if, day. When Ben Vereen likes your status, you know you've made it. You're totally there. Um, but no, so uh, why are we talking about Ben Vereen? Good question. Basically because he ori- he originated the role of Judas mm-hmm. on Broadway, but then he got ill. Yeah. So Carl Anderson kind of supplanted him, and then now nobody remembers Ben Vereen as Judas, and it's really sad. a damn shame. Because yeah. he does a great performance. There are some oh, clips. sure. Is such a good performance. Yeah, um, it's Ben Vereen, man. Like, yeah. I mean, Ben what a legend. Ben Vereen made seventies musical theater. Mm-hmm. Like, it is. I it think is that's the, one of the reasons why I love it so much. Is just it is because the Ben Vereen there between yeah. this and Pippin and everything yeah. else. Ugh. Like, it's he's just 
a queen and I love him. I love you, Ben. Um, Do you think Ben Vereen listens to podcasts? Um, I think if he was going to listen to a podcast, he'd listen to this one. (laughs) Maybe. That'd be good, though, wouldn't it? I wonder if we do have any, like, secret megastars who are tuning in right now. Hello. (laughs) We're sorry if we say weird things about you. (laughs) I know. Post on Reddit. (laughs) Um, I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. As you know I love you. Did you see our way? I believe in you and God, so tell me that I'm safe. Right, you know I love you. Did you see our way? I believe in you and God, so tell me that I'm safe. Jesus, I'm with you. Let me touch with Jesus. Jesus, I'm on your side. Kiss me, kiss me, Jesus. There must be over 50,000 scream and love and call for you. Touch of hate at Rome, you will rise to a greater power. We will win ourselves a home. You'll get the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. You'll get the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Okay, let's let's go into a wee bit more about the actual the banging tunes. The banging tunes. Because um, I think it's got some. But what I do want to address is the elephant in the room. I, before we address the elephant to the room, I would like to point out that you said, I want to talk about the banging tunes in the show. I think it's got some. It has some. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It has some. It has um, some. Only a few. Well, you, uh, are you literally defending Jesus Christ Superstar? No, I'm me? saying that like... Let's take a snapshot of this I'm ta- saying like 65% of the songs in this show are bizarre and unmemorable. Mm. Do you think? I do. Fascinating. Well, we'll discuss that, this, this section. Um, but <laughs> I do want to address the elephant in the room. And that elephant is Mary Magdalene. Because... Is it my least fa- favourite female part in musical theatre? Potentially. <laughs> Why? Um, she does nothing. She's pointless. I think she's really, really pointless. I've, yeah. I've kind of said before about what she is, and she is just another way for you to look at Jesus. Yeah. Um, but you're, she... you're, you're feeling my disdain <laughs> for Jesus adaptations. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. But, like, I feel... I'm trying to think of another adaptation that where she's an interesting character. Um, I, the Da Vinci Code. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like that, the fair. Yeah. Um, but like, but that's that's the thing, right? Mary Magdalene is in this story because it's a Jesus story, and we have to have Mary Magdalene because it's a Jesus story. But you also have to have a female, and she's the only one. That's true. Yeah, so um, maybe we're talking more about the chauvinism of the Bible than anything else. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to a company. I'm not going to say their name because technically they should have done it, but um, I'm going to give a shout-out to a company um, <laughs> that I saw at Fringe last year do it, um, and they had all the Pharisees as female. Um, oh, interesting. And it was the most kick-ass thing I've ever seen. That's pretty um, great. Did they still wear giant butt plug hats? They did not, which Dang. is good. Oh, no! They did, but no, they just wore the like um, the like pie hats, like oh, okay. the, the ones that look like cakes, Got it. Um, not the yeah. ridiculous ones. Uh, but they did like a five part harmony for the end of Jesus Must Die, Ooh. like soprano, like um, gospel harm, and it was the best thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. that's fun. Um, that kind of that takes that makes I like that. <laughs> yeah, it makes it doesn't it it wasn't like this feels weird. It yeah. was just like this is absolutely fine and nobody yeah. minds. No, and I, um, I I think it shifts the focus in a good way too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly, exactly. Because you're not making a Jesus or a Judas a female, which is it brings another right uh, questions. Because yeah. it's the same. We, we talked about this in Godspell actually. Um, and Stephen Schwartz is quite open about it in Godspell that he doesn't think uh, Judas should be played by a female because it changes things. Yeah. It becomes, there's there's an interesting heteronormative, but that's what we assume relationship that would happen there. Whereas we assume a friend relationship with same sex people. For sure. Um, So yeah, but I just feel like Mary Magdalene could do with at least another song, like at least one um, where she's like, I don't know, talks about herself mm-hmm. a bit yeah. more, you know, or history. Yeah. I don't Wouldn't know. I just want Anything. something. Yeah. Well, just something that gives her at then... least a little bit of depth that Judas uh-huh. has. You know? Exa- yeah, just just something. Just something. Um, a song that's I, 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 not particularly about Jesus. <laughs> or maybe basic... is, but isn't like doting on him. Ex- I think that's it, is it's like, you know, and I guess there's not really any room for it, and I get that that's fine, but no, you oh, could there do it. There's be. room. Put it, put it in Act Two when he's uh, walking up the hill with the cross about how well, sad she is. Like, do you know what I would do? Mm-hmm. I would take out Herod's song, which would make me sad, but I understand why. Yeah, um, I think Herod's I, song is the most catchy song in this show. Yeah, well, I mean, I hate it. I've played King Herod, so. I'm coming at it from a, you know, reasoned perspective uh-huh. here. Did you have a cane? Um, I didn't have a cane. Did you have a I hat? Did a, no, I didn't. I am disappointed. I'll show you the picture. I look pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I had a white coat and a kick line of girls. It was pretty much like Rick Mail from the 2001. Okay. Um, and it was fine. But I just, I hate, I hate the song. I, I really do. I really dislike it. Yeah. Um, Why? I think... I think the jokes are funny in it, and I think Tim Tim Rice has written good lyrics with it. Mm-hmm. Well done. But in the context of the whole show, I think mm-hmm. it's so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It's so detracting. Mm-hmm. I don't get why it is where it is, other mm-hmm. than the fact that it needs to be there because that's what happened in the story. Yep. But I think it pulls you right out. Um, and I've yet to see a performance of it where I'm like, 
I get it. Yeah. I get it. You're feeling my disdain for Jesus stories. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't need to be there. Do you know what I mean? I think the reason it's... It comes right after 40 Lashes, right? Um, No, no, no. Before. Before? That's the whole point. So Pilate's like... You're not, who is this broken man? Such a good bit. Um, And then he's like, you're Herod's case. There's a bunch of I mean, I think... Jesus. So, okay, if we're going to justify why the song is here, it's because we need a happy song in Act 2. I don't know, though, because, like... Because, oh, otherwise, it is going to be a drudge of an act sad 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 with more sad but you've got and superstar more that's the thing though you've got superstar there which is the climax of the whole show and it is upbeat yeah. as anything and yes it's full of irony it's upbeat but it's um, not funny um it's the you know the like it's no but like, there's no other funny song in the sh- do you know what i mean like there's there no are, other funny song there are mildly comedic songs um like yeah, the, what though? The, what should we do about Jesus of Nazareth? Yeah, that isn't. That's not laugh a minute. That's just no. But it's cool but it's not like, sad. Um, or even you know, but superstar is not sad. Yeah, but there's a sense of irony to it, and we've seen because Judas was dead until right now. Like it's dark, you know. I don't think it is dark. I don't think it is. I think it's the like it's the sting in the tail, and it's yeah. got that kind of like, huh you know feeling i don't think it's like oh my god i can't cope with this agony of feeling i think it's it's a cathartic it's a catharsis moment and then the show like ends which is really important yeah um so (laughs) i I understand what you mean but it's funny um and then the show ends which is important because otherwise (laughs) it would still be happening it would just it would still be happening yeah Yeah. um Um, but no i just i just i agree and it might just be biased because i played it and i didn't enjoy it but yeah I think it's it's the least necessary song of the show, but you know I don't think it's least is necessary. At least like write it, but make it not a weird like you know nineteen uh, thirties caper. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> don't give me a Tim Pan Alley in a rock musical. Like I don't want you can do fun rock things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean who? So okay, but then who is if if Jesus is a rock star then who would Herod be because Herod has you know Herod is the king is mm-hmm. the superstar de facto before mm-hmm. Jesus comes in he's like oh so you're the king now and so if Jesus is a rock and roll rock star then i think there is justification to give Herod a vaudeville number a previous mm. performative genre. What about well? What about instead of a like vaudeville kind of thing? What about something like a um, Donny Osmond uh, style ballad? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a crooner. Like, I think you could do that too. I because think... I think that's like a rock and roll as opposed to rock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I because... do think the way to make Herod work is to make him a superstar. Um, is to make him like yesterday's superstar, um, mm-hmm. because that is why he has these questions. Like, oh, you're, oh, so you're, you're the next Jonas brother. Well, tell me what your deal is, because I've been doing this for a long time. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, well, f you, get out of my floating pontoon pond. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I just well maybe I just want it with more irony then. Maybe I want yeah. more because at, at the moment I just feel it's like it just takes you right out. Yeah, 
Do you know what I mean? And it's annoying. It's yeah. Because pe- everyone's laughing at it and they're laughing because it's stupid. They're not laughing because right. Herod's an, an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're laughing because it's a stupid song. Yeah. And I, and that annoys me. And I think they don't play up enough the progression of the story. Like, take him away, he's got nothing to say, get out, get out, get out, isn't like, well, this was your chance to redeem yourself and, you know, not be crucified but clearly you've messed that up and so now you're gonna leave yeah like yeah exactly. if that justification well, was a little stronger it might uh-huh. read better yeah I, I you almost you do you almost want jesus to be able to say something back as well mm-hmm. because he doesn't say anything for the whole number and yes that obviously annoys herod mm-hmm. but i don't know i feel like he he should have a like and, and a, very much like a that's what you say that he says to Pilate. yeah um i feel like he needs just a, a bit of something there. Yep. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think that would help make Jesus more active and give him... Yeah. Yeah, I think I that would know. help. I just this. hate it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> heaven on their mind. Uh, Yay. It's a good so, play on words. It's a great opening song. Yeah. It's uh, it's just a, I think it's sensational. I remember yeah. the first time I heard it and I just didn't understand. Like, I was just like... what you know, it was just like a an odyssey, an yeah. odyssey yeah. number. Because um, vocally, it yeah. was unlike anything else I'd ever heard before in musical theatre. Because oh, yeah. again, I was like you, I, li- I listened to this really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is nuts. Um, but then, you know, listening to it for, you know, however many years, um, and you start to really listen to what he's saying and you just mm-hmm. the, the story unfolds perfectly in that number yeah do you know i mean it's it's a great opening number yeah for well, that I, reason i think that the concept of this number is the most riveting part of the story to me the idea yeah. that you know whether whoever they are the disciples the people the mm-hmm. you know soon to be christians have too much heaven on their minds and this is judas iscariot's view that like yeah the people around you are too concerned about doing enough good that they'll make it into the afterlife so much so that they've forgotten that like the doing the good is the point. Yep. 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 And it's interesting because you do get a lot of, you get a lot of discussion obviously with this show um, and it's controversy and people are like, well, do Christians like it? Do Christians not like it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen, I've seen both sides of the coin. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the Christians that do like it talk about it from that perspective and they talk about it like it's like it is like a warning tale almost yeah, yeah. of um you know understand that you can get away with yourself and you can become zealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and that's dangerous because you lose sight of of why. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it it contextualizing the story of the passion beginning with this mm-hmm. makes it you know, Jesus was getting too popular, so now it was time to go, mm-hmm. which is interesting and is something mm. that is not in the Bible and is not in, you know, Catholic studies. Um, yeah. And I think it's fascinating. And whatever whatever your belief system is, is a good lesson, uh, you know, against zealotry, against, you know, this kind of idolization, which... Um, explicitly a lot of religions denounce but yeah. implicitly there's a lot of you know but but jesus was a great person and like it doesn't yeah. matter you know you are a great person be yeah. a great person um, exactly 
and it, um, it's good. It's dangerous. It's fun. It is. It is, and that's the thing with that being your opening gambit. Like hats off. Mm-hmm. Um, hats off to you. Uh, I do want to talk about the Last Supper though, mm-hmm. as just like again, what an inc- what an incredible opportunity. You don't like it. Mm. Is it because he says jaded Mandarin? No. It's okay. Be- it's because why 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 is this why is this song here? Because they need a fight. Yes. Okay. The The Last Supper is a long song too. Um I don't know. I don't know why I don't like it, I guess. I don't know. I have no good reason. I have no because I love Weber Rose. Yeah, it doesn't read well to me. It doesn't stick out to me. It doesn't get. Are you kidding? I think it's no? the best. I think it's probably the best one in the show. Really? Huh. Yeah, genuinely, because it's just in terms of like an, a fight song. Yeah, there's. I think it's unrivaled. I genuinely do. I think you, you know, confrontationally, Miz, you're doing a great job. But here's the Last Supper, because just in terms of the way it's written, mm-hmm. it's written at the peak of a male range for for both guys yeah. um, and they are going at it and it's just a really interesting musical way of having an argument where it's almost like they're trying to like outbelt each other um, yeah. and it, it's just so hearty so it's because you're singing these notes you can't help but bring that into your performance mm-hmm. and it's it generates some amazing performances this number um, and kind of bookmark uh, bookended with the disciples singing um the refrain of the look at all my trials and tribulations again it's that sting of irony and it really hits home that these guys are clueless do you know what i mean like they, they've just lost it now um yeah. and it really sets judas and jesus apart from from them yeah i guess that's true and i think lyrically it's really bloody good <sighs> yeah i have no good reason for not liking it well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and then we can't we can't do talk about the songs of Judas Christ without out talking about Gethsemane, of course, which is probably the the biggest song from it. Well, maybe not. Maybe I don't know how to love him. It's the biggest song. And I, don't, I think I don't. I, don't know I mean, I don't know how to love him as memory. Like it's whether or not it is important to the show. It is the biggest song from the show. Um, yeah, which I, I just don't get. Yeah, because I, I you know it's sending the clowns. It's like it, it you do, it's not important to the show, but it's a good song, um, yeah. and so it has a life outside of the musical. Yeah, um, but Gethsemane, whew, beautiful, um, absolutely, and I, I really like. I know we talked about it earlier, but I think it is so important that Jesus has this moment because this is his. Everyone's asleep, so this is his soliloquy. Yeah, um, and you really get to to see into the mind of Jesus, which is not something you ever really get to do in any sort of fiction. Right. Um, so it's fascinating to see this turmoil that he's in. Yeah. Um, and again, just vocal acrobatics. Like, yeah, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Which we don't, I mean, that is, I think that's another reason why this being in being written in the seventies is important. We wouldn't write a yeah. song like that. Now we'd write a no, contemporary musical theater song. Um, yeah, exactly. There'd be, there'd be riffs and licks all over the place, whereas yeah. this just, like, wail out uh, whatever exactly. note it is. Um, yeah. 
and I must say, like you need to you need to watch this performance. So Ted Neely, mm-hmm. who was the the original, um, in was in the movie. Uh, he actually no, he wasn't the original. He was an understudy. Then mm-hmm. was in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. He came back to do it in two thousand and six. Oh no! Wow. Um, I think he was sixty four or something like that. And it, the I just can't get over the performance because he's he's aged. And vocally, he's aged, oh. um, but he's a rock star. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a rock star, and that is a rock star singing a rock star song. And just the acting chops, just everything. So that is, if if you've never looked at the show notes before, I would 100% <laughs> This go, is the time? Yeah, I would 100 because it's a sensation. It's, I'm going to click a, through to the show notes because I haven't seen this, and this sounds yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's a sensation. And even just... Even if you don't like the song, even if you don't like the show, you're seeing a 64-year-old man who's had a whole career um, pour everything into this number. And you can tell it's one of those things you can tell it means so much to him. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of thing. It's like Colm Wilkinson. I mean, when Colm Wilkinson comes back and sings Valjean, you're just like, do whatever the hell you want. You're the best. It's that kind of vibe. Yeah. Really, really go and watch it. And he backphrases everything, but it's perfect. It works so well. I just don't... Ah, uh, well done. Very, very <laughs> impressed. Are you surprised at how much I love Jesus Christ Superstar? I, I mean, you had mentioned it briefly, but it is... It's more than I expected. Yeah, um, I really, really love it. I really love it. 70s, ma'am. Yeah. 70s. You got a thing. I, which, would, which would you prefer to go back to if you could visit? The 70s? Or Weimar Germany. <gasps> it's my Sophie's choice. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hundred percent the seventies because it's post World War Two. I guess that's true. Um, like from like a safety perspective, but like yeah. just as a spectator, if you could experience the fun parts, um, I would. Oh gosh, that's really tough. <laughs> that's really tough. And do you know what? I don't have an answer. I'll come back to you on that one. Oh, I found it. I found the question. Jimmy's Jimmy's lost in thought. This is the end of the podcast. He's just going to be thinking about this question. <laughs> it's going to be. I want to. I want to say something just now, and maybe go back on it later. I think Weimar, because there's probably so much that went unsaid. Yeah, whereas that's we've true. we've got we've, we've got seen authentic the 70s. things of the seventies. Yeah, yeah, we were there. Um, remember Woodstock? <laughs> um, but, but like, there's, there's footage Weimar, of Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like. It's just because, isn't that what everyone says? Right. Yeah. You were at Woodstock or something like that? I don't right. know what they say. Something about Woodstock. Um, whereas we don't, yeah, we don't really know much about that. So yeah, I'm going to say that, but, um, but re- I would reserve. stick around you get for a, the you war get a take if back that's alright. Um, but yeah, I may change my mind <laughs> at some point. I'm Jesus in Gethsemane. Aren't we all? We are. Um, hey, that's not a bad segue. Hey! We only do good segues. By the way, that was really impressive because that was not set up. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about how Jesus Christ Superstar reflects us. Then I was inspired. Now I'm sad and tired. After all, I've tried for three years Seems like ninety Why? 
Why then am I scared to finish what I started? What you started, I didn't start it. God, thy will is hard, but you How does it reflect you? I, mm, I always feel like I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. Because there are plenty of really nice people who are more religious than me. Mm-hmm. I always find it baffling how, how many people have been convinced by the Jesus story over the years. Like, putting any of your religious assumptions aside... Put yourself in the shoes of a, a total agnostic. Mm-hmm. And to look at the impact that this story about this one human being from 2017 years ago has had over the course of human history is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if in 2000 years we had the Church of Lynn Manuel Miranda and like all sang Hamilton every Sunday and, Mm -hmm. you know, did weird, bizarre rituals in memory of him. Um, This is how I feel about Jesus adaptations. What I'm going to say to you, this might sound odd. What Mm -hmm. I'm going to say to you is, to be honest, Tommy, that doesn't sound too odd. Really? Like, the way that the world is going, and this is the what I think about Jesus Christ Superstar, because actually Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a biblical story. I know that's, I know it's, the, you know, using the story it, of the Bible. But it feels more like a human story than a biblical story. For yeah, sure. exactly, exactly. Um, but what you just said about Lin-Manuel and people doing weird, you know, tributes to him, we're getting that right now. We don't even need 2,000 years. I guess that's like, true. But we like, get that but that's, right now. But right now is different, you know. The, the apostles in, walking around and telling the story of Jesus 20 years after his death is different than a guy in a robe standing in front of a church recreating a moment that happened two millennium ago. Yeah, I guess that's uh uh-huh. But as in, yeah, no, I, I agree. That probably won't happen. But I get, I don't think that's what Jesus Christ Superstar is. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, the story is like, you know, I've taken this, it's, it's almost like I've taken someone else's idea and I want to use that as a vehicle to mm-hmm. talk to tell about what I want to talk about. Um but I think the whole idea of people doing weird rituals around the uh, Manuel Miranda is very, very, very on point when it comes to talking about Jesus Christ Superstar. Because yeah. the thing is, the world that we live in, it's, it's this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, Ze- it's very true. Z- zealotry is a whole new ball game. Yeah. And it does, it does, you know, point a magnifying glass at it. Um, you know, it's it's all of Judas. It's, you know, too much heaven on their minds. You've become bigger than you should. Like, if we had just quieted down, none of this would have happened, and you could have gone on doing the wonderful, nice things that you do. But now that you have this fame category in your world, we're screwed. 
Yeah. I mean, really, really. And especially because nowadays you pick up your phone and you can become famous. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really, really tricky thing. Yeah. Um, It's scary. I find it scary. scary. I find it scary on a daily basis. Because the thing is, is you're someone who has a small amount of influence in the world now. It's terrifying. Oh, it's terrifying because that's a response we've, we've talked about this about comment in relation to that it's a, mm-hmm. it's a responsibility yeah. that you have yeah. that you didn't ask for no that you that isn't your intention you know what i mean that's not the intention right but that is the necessary evil yeah um and it's really really difficult to um kind of corral that yeah um i've got i've got a friend who um recently got a part on a quite a big uh, soap opera mm-hmm. um over here um and within a week of him getting it he's been up for i think about a year now mm-hmm. um within a week of him getting it i saw like four or five instagram accounts um you know fans of blah blah blah, blah mm-hmm. da, 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 fans yeah. da, 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 i love da, da, da. um and then you go in and you see and it's like um such and such liked on the 3rd of November 2017, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such and such commented, da 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 da. Um, and it's, I, I find it terrifying because yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I think there are, like, it gets worse. Um, yeah. Oh. Like, the, what, what comes to my mind, so BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. the Try Guys, normally What's i the buzz right hey. normally i avoid saying the names of people i've known in real life um mm-hmm. but i went to college with keith from the try guys right Casual who are the friends. try guys sorry uh the they're guys? the buzz they do buzzfeed videos um okay they're four men and they'll be like today we're gonna try on bras are they um, the ones that look to each other's penises Maybe, probably. That sounds like I've them. seen that one. They're like number. They're like the big money makers for BuzzFeed. Okay. Um, okay. I knew Keith in college. Um, right. I knew Keith before any of this. Yeah. Um, and to see people who I didn't go to college, like before I started musical theater mash, I would see people post videos that Keith was in that never knew him. Yeah. And that was weird and bothered me and mm. made me feel uncomfortable from the beginning. But then accidentally, it's weird to say accidentally, I didn't do this by accident, but, <laughs> you know, unintentionally, sometimes running into people on the street and them being like, you're a musical theater mash is weird and terrifying. And it's a weird confrontation because they're really excited to see you exactly they're like oh i know i know all about i know what you feel like i know the thing i love the stuff you do and it's a huge compliment and so it's weird to feel awkward about that sort of thing but you know who i am online is not who i am in real life i don't Mm -hmm. think that's true i don't think anyone is who they are online and in real life is the same person um yeah and so the idea of fame the concept of fame you know examined on its own is fascinating but then especially someone who like jesus is probably the most famous person ever yeah right right and like you got a lot of work to do if you're going to surpass jesus Mm -hmm. you have to be famous from you know 
at least 2,000 years, if not longer. Yep. That's insane. That's an insane yeah. amount of fame. And, mm. like, t- yeah, the the contemplation of that that exists in this musical is why it's not my least favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the, I just feel like, how on the nose was it? Before yeah. celebrity culture was a thing. Yeah. This is a commentary on celebrity culture that's almost unrivaled. Like, yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's scary because it's it's a weird self fulfilling prophecy that it happens. Yeah, um, I mean we're we're seeing you know the Beatles were in the sixties. That's maybe when things you know when yeah when Beatles Elvis Presley Elvis is Rolling coming Stones. into fame. Like we are starting to see this kind of fame culture, but like yeah. the point where fame becomes the thing instead of your art. Um, yeah. Whereas before, if you were a musician, the thing people liked you for was your music and yep. not you. Um, and especially with the Beatles. I mean, of course, the Beatles. It became about the people and the personality and the things they do and, you know, going through their trash and finding the apple they ate half of. And that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the music that they made that you love. Yeah. But is totally about the fame. Yeah. Um, you know, it's why... Like, I would love to see a contemporary adaptation of Jesus Christ Superstar with, like, Lady Gaga's Jesus or something, mm-hmm. you know? Well, she, uh, I mean, she could, that's the thing is, she, she could be. They are. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's, what, that's what this is. Yeah. Um, but I think what Jesus Christ Superstar talks about, again, that nobody, I, I don't think, does, is the, the danger. Mm-hmm. The, the danger that comes with fame. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're getting much too loud. Yeah. Uh, what happens when your fans go too far? Mm-hmm. They close a show on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, do you know what I mean? That's, I, I don't know. Because that, that, honestly, that was the first time when, when Comet closed, I was like, oh, okay, this is a new world yeah. that we live in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There may be other instances of it that I've not picked up on, mm-hmm. but that was, the, you know, that's, that's in my world. Yeah. And I was like. And it's the one that affected you. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think that's the thing. That's why this feels before its time. That's why it's, you know, successful and revival. Mm. It's why I think, as much as it pains me, Jesus Christ Superstar <laughs> is a show to keep doing. Um, yeah. Because yeah, it's about definitely. that. And the the double-edged sword of not only making you question the contemporary fame culture, but applying it to the very traditional religious existence that you know billions of people have yeah um is challenging and interesting and i think at the end of the day good as a lot of challenging things are which is it's nice it's not nihilistic it's not like fame is awful and destroys everyone it's like fame is tricky and here's how you might deal but beware you know yeah. yeah and i think i think it's really important to note that with jesus christ superstar um they stop the story early yeah and that's really crucial because that is what makes it yeah. this this tale do you know what i mean that's what makes it this warning tale mm-hmm. because jesus doesn't come back at the end no do you know what i mean we don't wait three days and here he is and everything's fine yeah um it, it's it, it very much just ends and he is 
just a man in a cross. Yeah. Um, and you don't get that prestige moment. Yeah. No, um, even more so, and this is, depending upon how you read it, I think is fabulous, but is also a big middle finger to some people. Jesus doesn't get, you know, resurrected. Judas does. Mm, that's Judas true. comes oh, back. We yeah. watch Judas die, and then he comes back. Clearly, as it like, we're not pretending that Judas is alive. Um, yeah, uh, it's not like oh wow, unexpected. <laughs> yeah, but like exactly. the guy who plays it comes back on stage and sings a song, um, mm-hmm. in that very musical theater way, um, and that's you know under a certain reading is a big middle middle finger to certain sects of Catholicism, especially if you if you like make Judas the mustache twirling, snidely whip whiplash villain of your passion story. Yeah. To give him that resurrection and not give Jesus a resurrection is interesting. Yeah. And it, it really, makes really says a lot. It makes Jesus a human and Judas something else. Mm-hmm. The the warning I mean it's the warning tale, that's the Yeah. That's what it is. Um yeah, I just I just think it's so good. Um, if you if you are in London, I'm not sure. Is it, let's check and see if it's on. Let's see if it's still on. Oh no, it's done. Oh, it's oh, done. Well. Dang. Yeah. So yeah, if if you saw the open air one, let me know how it was. I've heard lots of good things, mm-hmm. but I think actually, see, in terms of like recent hitting the nail on the head, yeah. Um, I think the good one was the recent arena tour that they did in like early mm. two th- uh, yeah. 2010 or whatever I've seen pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, you can get, you can get, it, it was uh, filmed. Oh, really? Yep. So you can get that. So that was the one that had Tim Minchin, mm-hmm. Mel C, Sporty Spice herself, um, <laughs> and Chris Miles, who you won't know. Nope. He's a DJ. Um, All right. And uh, they had uh, this guy, um, Ben Forster, who... And I this is this is where I wanna kind of like end things on a question mark is mm-hmm. because Ben mm-hmm. Forster mm-hmm. was um discovered using a TV talent show. Mm-hmm. Members of the public become fans and vote for who they want to win. And I'm like what? Like yeah. for all the shows, first of all, you know, having your thing as who do you want to be Jesus right. is al- already just a little bit odd. Um, <laughs> but the fact that you're finding this character who's supposed to be this representation of, you know, someone at the pinnacle of fame mm-hmm. and, you know, has a bunch of crazed fans. Yeah. You want to do that by using the... Cra- do you know what I mean? It's Yeah. No, it's, it's, such it's a- very... Like you, I can't decide whether it's antithetical or the perfect choice. Exactly, you know? exactly, and that is the thing. And we are in our Gethsemane, yeah, um, for that because it is it fantastic. Is it you know full high drag or right. is it or is it awful? so? Or do you have your head up your ass so much that you don't even realize what you're doing? Exactly, exactly. But I think Jimmy's personal opinion is Uh that they knew exactly what they were doing because um, this this was the production that Andrew Lloyd Webber has been waiting for Mm -hmm. um, because he was like, I'd never wanted it to be in a proscenium arch. Um, It's a rock concert. It's It's not meant to be, you know, 
Uh, sure, that's why he didn't like the film, because it's like, why are you sitting in a desert? It's not that. Um, and mm. I get that, because that, I think setting it in a desert is what makes people confused, because they're like, well, it's a, it's a Bible story, though, isn't it? And you're like, right. well, actually, kind of not. Actually, kind of not. It's, yeah. In many ways. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's a really, really cool production. They did some really, really interesting stuff. There'll be, uh, there's a little documentary, I'll pop it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's how they found, that's how they found their Jesus. And huh. who knows? Fascinating. Hmm. You could, you too could be the next Jesus listener out there. I know. What the hell is that? Do you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. it's weird. Peculiar. Yeah. It's strange enough to be cast as Jesus. It's even stranger yeah. to be cast as Jesus. Because people, yeah, or like, sorry, you're not going to be Jesus, right? Like, do what, they, what the, does that mean? Was it was it like, did they like have crosses that they would like hand to them or take away from them, like roses um, from the Bachelor? I don't think they did for this one. I don't think it was a show because remember I've told you about Over the Rainbow. Yes, I've seen bits of yeah. Over the Rainbow. Um, I don't think it was as flashy. Um, I didn't watch it because it was on ITV. That won't make any sense to you. I know what ITV is, thank you very much. Yeah, but do you know why I wouldn't watch it? Because it's on ITV? Because it's trashy. No, because it has adverts. Oh, yeah, that's a thing you don't have sometimes. Exactly. Because you pay Um, a TV tax. Yeah, £140. A year? A year. Oh, that's much cheaper than my cable bill. That's awesome. Well, I mean, no, that's compulsory if you want to watch TV. I know. Do you know what's compulsory if you want to watch TV in the United States? 50 bucks a month. Uh, seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me started. Oh, okay. Well, that's Yeah, silly. be thankful for your TV tax. I'm very thankful. Thank you, the UK. <laughs> but a lot of people hate it because they're like, oh, I was just paying for the BBC. But it's like, that's fine. The BBC's fine. Anyway, we're not getting to that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Good production. You can see. Very good production. Go check it out. Um, and yeah, I'm really intrigued. I can't, I can't gauge how our audience are going to feel about JC. Yeah, I don't know. It's always... Religious ones are always weird to me because yeah. I'm biased, but also uh-huh. assume that theater types are less likely to be religious types. Uh-huh. Um, but that often adds an extra flair to religious musicals. Yeah. You know, because you come at it with less inhibition. Um, exactly. Exactly. And I think, yeah, because I was always, I remember I was surprised with Godspell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm ready to be surprised again. Yeah. I've certainly enjoyed talking about this more than I expected That's good. to. That's good. I'm glad. I'm very, very glad. And I'm glad that you've been, you've been nice and open-minded enough to have a discussion. Mildly. Mildly. No, you've done really well, Tommy. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I haven't called Andrew Lloyd Webber a shoe at all. No, you haven't. Well done. It's my self-restraint, like Jesus would have done. Exactly. Jesus Christ, Super Dean. (laughs) Jeffrey? (laughs) Get out. I'm done. Did you mean the dialect that was that 
So, Mr. T, that was JC. We are, Jimmy, I'm so excited. Evita, <laughs> Starlight Express, Love Never Dies. Joseph, Joseph. Song and Dance, oh, Tell Me on a Sunday. The list is longer than I want it to be. Yeah. Sorry, pal. <sighs> we'll get there. And then we'll have to revisit some of them. For no, them. never. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I do think about that because. Yeah. So, like, we try and. We try and we space tell them, them out. like, our secrets. Yeah. So, we try and, like, space them out and alternate with Sondheims. Yeah. But we're going to. What are we can do when we run out? I don't know. We need a, we need a third. There's, they're only the big two. <laughs> we need a third. Exactly. Maybe by the time we get to the end of the list. Yeah. Then. Lynn uh, Miranda will have 15 shows and we can just start talking about those. Yeah. That or Dave it. Molloy will have 15 shows and we can just start talking about those. Well, that's a much better idea. Well, if you go by his like flow chart of ideas, he's that's got like true. 90 in the pipeline. Yeah. I understand that, though. <laughs> um, so that was Jesus Christ Superstar. It was indeed. Tommy, you survived. And I am really proud of you. It's I'm well nervous, done. Jimmy, that in like three days, I'm going to get a Skype call again. And you're going to be like, we got to talk about it more. Because was that too meta of a joke? Like three days later, and you're gonna like roll away the stone, and we're like, oh, it was meta. Sorry, it was meta. (laughs) It's because I view it as a human story, Tommy. So let's talk about that. Uh, No, I'm joking. Uh, Let's move on. Let's move on. I did. I was. I wonder if I can find it. And I'm nervous to tell you about it because I was thinking of using it as an unsung heroes. Um, But I was Spotifying Jesus Christ Superstar the album. On my, uh-huh. ride, on my ride home from work so I could listen to it one more time. Uh-huh. And I discovered a musical called Jesus Chris Superstar. The T is crossed out. And the subtitle is A Collection of Contemporary Comedy Musical Theater Songs. Oh. I didn't listen to it. How intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> that is intriguing. Jesus Chris Superstar. Yep. I like that. That's it's, funny. It's clever. It's very funny. Uh, I'm intrigued. 2012 but i can't do it friends and heroes now because now you know about it that's okay also yeah we need to we need to let people know yeah we gotta tell people you you gotta suggest (laughs) if you have an unsung heroes to suggest to us you can only tell one of us exactly tell both of us it doesn't work exactly it's so funny though it's so so funny um so that i think we should make that point and down the line we should make that point pick who's your favorite and message us privately about your unsung heroes show exactly so funny and Um, i'm more than welcome to suggestions i'm sure jimmy is too yeah yeah you can only tell one of us exactly so oh goodness bless (laughs) um because as soon as it's done, it's wasted. We can never do it. We can never do it, because then we know about it. Exactly. So please, like, stop. Otherwise, we just won't have anything to do. Like, the whole segment There's is There's only going to be one episode. Uh, exactly. Hey, no, two. Yeah, we got, we got one recorded. Get excited. It'll be coming out soon. Ooh. You have a quiz question, don't you? I do. I'm going to tell you it through quiz. Um, so our last show, Jesus Christ Superstar Band, whatever, features a song by... Felix Mendelssohn, uncredited. Our next show features a song by Ludwig von Beethoven, credited. What show? What could it be? Who knows? Hmm. If you want to get in contact with us, I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube. And I am Asin Hendrix on both platforms. Or you can get in touch with us over on our show Twitter, which is at Jim and Tomic. 
Or you can go to our website, JimandTomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion and to our Patreon. Yes, please tell your friends all, all about us. Um, listen <laughs> to our thing. Don't tell your friends about our podcast. I mean, do tell your friends about our podcast, but don't tell your friends about our podcast. Just tell them all about us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you heard about this guy? You can collect figures about him. <laughs> um, one of them is, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, put the pork in the fridge. Go get a foot massage. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.